Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to a super fun episode of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of us hanging out and talking. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel.com senior editor Ben Morrison here in the super special green room, where we haven't been for a few weeks, but we're back now. We've got a great guest with us today. We have got Corey Graves from WWE. Hello. I'm, I'm honored that you guys have opened the super super special green room to me on this momentous occasion. Not every guest gets to come here, but you have earned our trust, and we're letting you see the full uh, stripped-down version of what for, we do here. For the people that, can I describe the, yeah, the majesty yes. this place Many is? Many people there, have tried, so I think, yeah. stained glass, there <laughs> are fountains, <laughs> I believe there are birds flying freely here within the room. Yeah, I mean, if you look in the corner, there's the Infinity Gauntlet, over on the side, we've got Mjolnir, we've got Cap Shield, I mean, we've got all the artifacts. Yep. All right here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so um, I almost called you by your 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 non gimmick name. My Sorry. real name. Sorry. How dare you? Uh, I, <laughs> I know, I know. But anyway, so we became buddies over Twitter like two or three years ago, or whatever it is. And um, so now we've hung out a couple times, and it's it, it's just cool, like watching you now as my friend doing all this cool stuff. Tell the fans who um, we have a lot of wrestling fans who listen to the show, but those who aren't, tell them what you're doing with WWE. Um, basically, my role has changed from in-ring talent to the, the joke around the Performance Center is we, they call me the wizard now. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of do anything and everything that I can yeah. on screen. I've become a host uh, doing some uh, commentary for NXT. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that turns into something else someday. Um, but I've, I'm co-hosting the Raw pre-show on the WWE Network. Uh, they've given, given me a lot of responsibilities, which yeah. I'm really excited about because it's, it's a new challenge for me. Um, I've, I've wrestled for so long that wrestling was just that was just what I did. So now, uh, you know, my career has taken me on a different path, and it's really cool because I, I just have new challenges. I have new things to learn, things to improve on. I never considered being a commentator, but now that I find myself in that role, I, I'm just jumping in with both feet, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. It's it's just really exciting to have new things to try, and I'm constantly I'm actually working, doing some uh, helping develop the live events for NXT. We're trying oh, to make nice. that brand grow a little bit. And I, I literally have my hands in 50 different things, and it's just kind of keeping myself occupied. And, and now, thankfully, they're, they're letting me do a little bit more just in different aspects. I and mean, I love the business as a whole, the creative side and, and the production side, all of it. You know, that's all I've ever known since I was a little kid. Um, so it's really cool having an opportunity to explore all these different avenues. Yeah, it's definitely a different thing. I mean, when, when people transition out of in-ring careers, you know, it can go a lot of different ways. You may be brought back occasionally. But the, the fact that WWE threw you into kind of like, look, we're going to give you a lot of stuff to do. We want you to be a presence. That's definitely a different thing. You, like, like you said, you, it wasn't necessarily something you planned for. When you first got the opportunity to say, we're going to transition you over here, was there any trepidation like I don't know if I'm ready for this or are you just like no nah, I'm gonna go for it well when the doc the doctor shut me down I mean mm -hmm. that was that was a there was no discussion had there I didn't really have a choice in the matter the doctor said hey yep. this is kind of what it has to be thankfully the company went okay hey this isn't really your fault we're gonna let you we're gonna they actually told me we're gonna give you some time sink or swim basically you we're not really telling mm -hmm. you what to do but we're gonna give you an opportunity to figure things out so I I didn't waste any time I, I think Literally, I got shut down on a Friday. I think I came back Monday morning and was like, yeah. what can you throw at me? Let me do this. Let me do that. I started learning computer programs. Not, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm like the furthest thing from a technology guy ever, but I started just trying to learn anything and everything, just whether it was burning DVDs or, or we had this V-Brick system, which is like a video system throughout the Performance Center. 
learning how to work with that, and I'd get in the, the voiceover booth and call some matches, which I had kind of started doing while I was injured, just right. because just to keep myself busy. Yeah. And um, I actually had a conversation with Michael Cole after WrestleMania 30 last year in New Orleans. We went out. And we we both skipped the big, the infamous after party. Yeah. Everyone wants to go, and I just I, I just wasn't in the mood. And I, I found a little hole in the wall, and yeah. Cole and I sat down. We were just just BS, and and I told him that I'd done a little bit of radio in the past, and he said, hey, you know, just it might be something to think about. Just jump in the in the booth, mm-hmm. and he heard, and I guess he thought there was enough raw material to maybe make something work. So once once. You know, I was shut down. I, I went full speed into that, and I started learning what I could, doing things like running music at the live mm. events. I mean, something wow. I never in a million years. And yeah. it was, it was kind of humbling. It was frustrating at times, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it sucked being uh, sitting there where the crowd can see you. Right. And here I was, this guy that was on TV that yeah. was supposed to be, you know, a, a thing someday, and, and now they're like, why is he running the music? But, <laughs> you know, I, I just... I have a family to take care of, so yeah. I, I made sure I, you know, and I, this is the only place I've ever wanted to work, WWE. I mean, since I was five years old, I, my dream was to, to be a superstar, obviously, but at least I'm in the same same company. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I started working with, with Dusty Rhodes on helping guys with promos. Oh, and I was going to ask about that. if you, Because, I mean, we've seen you before, uh, and you're great on the mic, which is part of the reason why you're doing what you're doing, but... I was curious if you do uh, if you help out a lot of the new guys with promos and stuff like that. Yeah, to, uh, to Dusty's credit, he was one of the the ones that kind of said, "Hey, kid, you know, stick with me." Mm-hmm. I actually you're really gonna do that and not do the impression. Yeah, how do you no, not do a Dusty? Impression? Trust me, when uh, I, I, I spent enough time around Dusty, that, that it's just forever burned in my brain. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's the one thing that a lot of people don't don't realize is Byron Saxton found himself in sort of a, a situation not not that he was injured or couldn't compete, mm. but. He was kind of at a crossroads, and and he kind of did the same thing. Byron actually helped me out a lot, mm. as far as is helping me kind of cope with the transition because he, for I, I honestly don't know what the reason was. He wasn't going to wrestle anymore, so he kind of did the same thing. He said, you know, hey, whatever you can throw at me, I'm going to learn. And Dusty back then went to bat for for Byron and said, hey, this this guy's so talented and creative, and he knows the business and he loves it. So, so Dusty was another way, and, and I, I have to give like I could sit here for an hour and name people who've helped me out because I've had yeah, <laughs> I mean everyone you know my friends within the company and the coaches at the performance center and, and everyone up the ladder was was really helpful and and they knew how bad this was gonna suck for me and, and what a hard transition it was gonna be, but Dusty was definitely one that said hey stick with me his joke was that you know I'm a member of his staff he has his own staff performance <laughs> center so it's a small crew but there's a, there's a handful of us but um yeah and it would it would would have staff meetings and Dusty would order barbecue and would sit in his office and nice. literally just say hey what about this guy let's make him a cowboy <laughs> you know, just throw stuff against the wall but you'd be surprised at how many things that like you see on NXT TV yeah. that's literally how it starts it was just a brainstorming session half of the time it would start out as a joke but then someone would say hey there's there's something to that let's stick with that and you know and it just it's crazy how it takes on a life of its own but yeah, that, that's a really cool thing. The promo thing is just something I really enjoy. That was yeah. my favorite thing to do as as sure. a wrestler. I enjoyed cutting a promo, telling a story. And um, luckily I was blessed with some reasonable speaking skills. Yeah. So, um, and I think I relate really well to a lot of the guys. As much as Dusty is the man, yeah. Dusty, I mean, he's an all-time great, yeah. maybe the greatest promo guy ever. Yeah. There's a generational gap. I mean, he's, he's pushing 70, so I... You know, a lot of the we have these young guys. We got some guys coming into the developmental system or NXT that are that are in their you know early 20s. They don't really have a lot of life experience. They don't know what to draw from. Yeah. So just the fact that I'm a little closer to their age and I can relate to them. Dusty, a lot of times will have an idea, but he 
conveys it in his Dusty Rhodes way, yeah. which to someone who may not be familiar with him, um, <laughs> which believe it or not happens, yeah. it's, it's a sin, I, I, but, <laughs> but regardless, um, sometimes you know Dusty would say, hey, this kid, we need to get him to do this, and you know, we'd sit there, we'd brainstorm, or I'd come up with an idea how to, how to convey this to some, some talent, and then next thing you know, they're, they're at least taking steps in the right direction, yeah. but it's something I really enjoy. I, for, I, I understand the whole, um, the excitement of being on the creative pr team for anything, because I've always been the talent, you know, the focus was on me, but being able to watch somebody grow and improve and, and watch someone who could barely formulate a sentence three, four months later, be able to tell a compelling story is really exciting knowing you had a hand in that. Yeah. Who have you worked with so far down in NXT that you consider kind of like a pet project who's really coming along? Um, Baron Corbin is a guy that nice. is very close to me. Um, he's he's been a, a good friend of mine for the, you know since he got here. Actually, I shouldn't say that. When he first got here, he came in with a stigma of this NFL guy. A lot of the guys were yeah. kind of like we didn't want to accept. He wasn't one of us. You know, no. he wasn't a wrestling guy. But he, instead of complaining and crying about it, he put his nose to the grindstone and proved to everybody that yeah, he didn't come from the same world we did, but he wanted to be here just as bad. And the guy works super hard, and he he's one of the you know, you have a ton of acquaintances, you have very few friends. He's yeah. a guy that when, when we hang out, it, it's not generally talking about wrestling. We talk about music or, or you know, tattoos. We just into a lot of the same sort of things. Um, so, you know, I give him advice on, on as many things as I can. And I, you know, I think he's got a really bright future. Um, off the top, I, I, I'm trying to think of anyone that I've spent a lot of personal time with. And the thing that sucks is there's a little bit of a disconnect because there are guys that we all spend a lot of time on, and but by the time it actually gets up to either the writers or, or the boss that actually makes the official decisions, we put in all this work, and, and we have a guy Ryan Katz who does amazing video mm -hmm. video work, and he'll put packages together for these guys to pitch to the creative team, and we we've spent weeks and weeks and weeks going, oh, this is going to be awesome, they're going to love this, and then you know Hunter or whoever one yeah. of the writers goes. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just soul crushing, you know what I mean? And then, and then the talent looks at us and they're like, well, what would you, you do? You know? yeah. It's like, I swear we thought this was going to work. We, we wouldn't do this to waste our time. So it can be frustrating at times, but it's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, off the top of my head, Corbin's a guy that, you know, he, he comes to me for advice on a lot of things just because, he, you know, he came from a different world. Sure. He had different outlooks on things. But no, I think he's going to be a stud. Nice. Um, so you're, you're obviously a student of the game. Uh, and I'm curious, who are your influences both as a promo guy? Obviously, you talked about Dusty, but others who, you know, you would look to as you were coming up uh, as, like, ways to, you know, better yourself as a talker, but also now as you're moving into, you know, being a commentator, who do you look to? Like, for me, I if it's Gorilla and, and Heenan or Gorilla and, and Jesse yeah. are like, that's it. Like, for me, I could listen to them with my eyes closed and, Love it. They're, they're, yeah. Those, those guys. As far as color commentators, that's, that's the cream of the crop. I'm, the, I, I've. It's a lofty goal to say I, I want to be the next Heenan or Ventura because they're just, I mean, they're legendary. So uh, you know, I have a lot of work to do, but, but that's something to aspire to because those guys, if you think about it, are as much a part of the, the history that we all knew growing up. Absolutely. You don't think about it at the time, but then you'll see, you'll watch a match back and, and you just, you remember. That's what the WWE Network's so cool about. You go back and watch a match that you remember as a kid and then you hear the commentary and you have like a whole new appreciation for it, yeah. just how awesome Jesse Ventura was. Totally. That I was watching, I think, the Ultimate Warrior DVD and I can't remember off the top of my head the line that, that Jesse had, but it was a match I'd seen probably a thousand times and 
Ventura made a comment about something the warrior did, and I literally belly laughed <laughs> for like five minutes, going, "Oh my God, how did like you know?" And times have changed; things are different. You know, the yeah, program's yeah. different. We that can't necessarily get away with everything. Yeah. Um, as far as promos in ring, the one guy I was always a huge fan of growing up was Raven. Mm. I just really liked his kind of dark, laid back style. I was. I, I definitely bit some of his stuff. I was I was mm-hmm. a big fan of his, and of course, you know, there's always the greats. But anytime you try to take too much from one of the greats, you're gonna be you're, you're gonna expose yourself. Yeah. If, you, if you're the Rock's best promo guy of all time, but if you come out and try to act like the Rock, people are gonna go, "Oh, this guy's trying to act like the Rock." You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So it's kind of picking and choosing little things. Um, I actually, this is kind of a, a funny story. I had gotten really into the Waylon Mercy gimmick mm. like a month before Bray started yeah. doing it. And he's and it was like I kept it to myself. I I just got into FCW and I was like oh, I got to think of something. I'm gonna try something new. So I started kind of formulating some ideas in my head and I wasn't in any hurry, but I was like oh, I'll get there. And we showed up at promo day the one day and Bray does this, the the first Bray Wyatt promo and it was unbelievable. I mean it, he he's an amazing human being. He there's a switch in his head that he flips and he just goes and it, it, there's. Bray Wyatt is 100% real in his head. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that it's amazing. It's it's not an easy thing to pull off. But yeah, when when he started doing that, I was like, oh man, he beat me to the punch. You know, I, I, to be fair, I couldn't pull it off like Bray does. He's he's just on a different level. But um, yeah, so but the co- commentators and I, the commentary is really, I have a new appreciation for it now mm-hmm. that I've stepped into it, because. It's a it's a fine line you have to walk. You don't want to make the commentary about yourself too mm-hmm. much. Because you're telling the stories of the guys in the ring, um, so you can overtalk and you can kind of take away from what they're doing. But at the same time, you can you can fill in gaps. If you have a guy who looks awesome and does really cool moves or whatever, maybe he isn't a great promo or he can't convey the emotion of the moment quite as well. That's kind of where we step in and we can kind of. It's actually kind of a delicate balance, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what I'm still learning, but. Um, you know, and of course, anytime you, you start a new job, you're like, oh, I'm way more important than I thought I was. But, no, <laughs> but you know, just having an appreciation for the business like I have, it's definitely a, a new outlook. It's like, wow, there's a lot more that goes into commentary than I ever realized. I thought, hey, I love wrestling. I can sit here and talk about wrestling. And yeah. if you do that, it's fine. But if you've ever watched a match with really terrible commentary, oh, yeah. it, could be, it could be accurate. It could be factual. The guys know what they're saying. But they're just talking and talking for the sake of talking and naming moves. And it's like, I see what move the guy's doing. I know that, yeah, it obviously hurts. You know, I don't need you to tell me that. But, um, you know, but then you, you find the greats. And Michael Cole doesn't get enough credit. Like, he gets, catches a lot of crap. People are like, oh, you know. Right. But you have to figure, man, he, he, he's been doing this. He's seen and done everything. He's called WrestleMania matches, some of the biggest matches in our history. Yeah. And to get himself hyped up all the time and to get the information, you have to figure, like, on Raw, Raw is, is a three-hour infomercial, basically. You know what I mean? To kind of show, and, and he's getting it. This the weirdest thing for me is having people talk in your head when you're trying to make a thought. Yeah, well, I, I was going to ask about that. That's brand new to me, and and luckily, I being starting an NXT, it's not too heavy. Right. But but you know, on Raw, those guys, uh, Booker and JBL and, and Michael and King and everyone up there, they've got people in there constantly counting down the commercials and packages and. and there, that's that's got, I've gotten caught off guard a few times yeah. even on NXT where I'm sitting there and I'm in the middle of a sentence and I hear five, four, and yeah. I'm going, oh my god, I don't know where we're going, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening. It's like in Wayne's World when they're they they do the countdown yeah. and then when you go to like, three. yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly what it is. It's really yeah. hard. That's I mean that's arguably the hardest part of oh, this new transition is 
wait a minute, if, if I know where I need to go, I can get there. Yeah. But wait a minute, you put me on a timeline now. It's like, oh no, I get, I get all panicked and it's definitely tricky. But yeah, that's, that's a, something that a lot of people don't realize. You know, you watch it and you go, oh, I don't want to hear someone tell me about the WWE Network because I'm watching a match. Well, guess what? It's not like Michael decides, hey, yeah. I'm going to talk about the network right now. It's going, hey, we need to get this in or we have sponsors we have to get mm -hmm. to. It's business. You know what I mean? You guys know how biz big business now. It's not just, unfortunately, it's not what you know what yeah. we would all like it to be all the time, yeah. but it is what it is, so make the best of it. Yeah, It's funny when you're talking about Cole and how underrated Cole is. One of the things I always remember is, and I think a lot of people forget, is that the night Foley won the title that he was on the call because uh, JR was out with Bell's Policy at the time. So the time when, when Mick Foley beat Rock for the title in Worcester, because I was there, um, and I didn't get to hear it live, but I listened to the commentary back. It's one of the best calls of all time. Like, he's the one making the call on that. that that's And, and yeah. a, a call can make or break a moment. Absolutely. I mean, think of just Ventura and Heenan and, and JR. I mean, how many historic moments? It's just it's ingrained in, your, right. main, in yeah. your brain. And same thing with Cole. It, you don't think about it at the time, but... If you're watch if you're watching it happen, even if you're in the arena mm -hmm. with no sound, yeah, it's awesome. Like you're feeling it, but whenever you have someone just verbalizing yeah. the story in addition to the feeling you already have, it just kind of makes it that much more memorable. So, Absolutely. I want to ask about um, NXT specifically. Yeah. So the crazy thing about NXT is that you know it, it, it's it's been up and running for a little while now in its current incarnation, and you were a, you were a part of it. You know, you were your tag team champion. You were doing all sorts of stuff. But in the last year, it's gone from being kind of this hidden gem to now there's so many people, I think us at times, saying like NXT is like our favorite show wrestling-wise, period. So, and, and you're at the center of all that. How has like that transition been since they got on the network and since it's become a whole different thing? It's pretty awesome because I'm actually one of the few guys that's been here since the FCW transition to NXT and then the opening of the Performance Center. I remember our first pilot shoot at Full Sail, and it was before we ever actually made the tapings. They came down and did a test run to see if it would even be worth doing. Um, so I've literally been here since, since day one and watched it grow. And it's exciting. The one thing that's really cool about NXT is is everyone involved it, it's got like a very team atmosphere it's kind of an us versus them for like yeah. you know for lack of a better thing it's kind of this we have our little little corner of the universe and yeah. we know that that and, and, and it's a niche still i mean i, I was i don't know if you, i was talking to ryan about the the uh, stone cold podcast with mm -hmm. triple h and yep. triple h kind of addressed the same thing yeah it was a niche it still is for us to learn and develop and get better to so that when we come to raw you, you, a year ago you know, or if I'd say a little longer, I was actually on the road with the main roster. And we had NXT TV. It was just prior to the network, or maybe the network had just started. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I would go to a town, you know, in, in Virginia or whatever. On the, I was working with Zack Ryder or whoever, and no one would know who I was, mm. period. You know, I'd have come out, and it's, I didn't expect them to, but mm. it, it, it just NXT wasn't that big of a thing. Right. It existed, but it wasn't a thing. Now... I mean, how many times have you watched Raw or been to an event and the crowd just starts chanting NXT or they yeah. know everything? You know, the Ascension came, came up and people know who they were. Like, it, it's become its own thing. So I think it's, I don't want to say unintentionally, but it's outgrown what it was supposed to be. I think it was always kind of supposed to be this quiet little thing, but you can't, you, you got to give the fans what they want and they're rabid and they're vocal about it. And it's fun, man. It's, and it's exciting just to be part of it. it that's the one thing. Maybe it's the shooting schedule that we don't we don't have the grind as far as being on the road constantly and having to do it every week and, and you know we have our tapings every few weeks and the live special every once in a while, um, but it, it 
everyone gets excited you get pumped up like it, with these takeover specials the atmosphere changes and it sounds cliche but i mean everyone from like two weeks out just gets laser focused and locked on and it's the crowd that the crowd has so much to do with it i, I so I, I did the commentary transition at the last takeover in december and being out there in the arena at full sail you could just you could feel, I, I hadn't been I, and here, here's here's the thing so it had been long enough since i'd been in a ring that yeah the fans were still into it they were but they it wasn't what it was yet so I, our, this was probably the loudest i'd ever heard a crowd mm-hmm. while i'd been out there and it wasn't for me you know it was just for the product but the atmosphere was so unreal i was i was pumped man i was at 11 like all <laughs> nice, night nice. And, and that's that's hard sometimes you know doing commentaries you, yeah. you're not necessarily excited all the time yeah but i was i was legitimately excited it was so cool so just to, to see how things have grown and, and everybody just leaves it all on the line all the time and the matches are cool and I don't know, man. It's just fun. It's NXT has is, is become a lot of fun, and it's it's everyone there kind of feels like it, it's it's our baby. Yeah. As much, it's it's Triple H's baby. Yeah. It's his project, but we all kind of we we look at it the same way and protect it, and we're we're proud of it. You know what I mean? Because it's something that maybe it wasn't supposed to be, but we've made it what it was, yeah. and we just want to keep growing. So. Yeah, I think part of it too is that crowd. Like I, it, a lot of them are there every time. You know, like I, I went to one show, one series of tapings there, and I remember there were people. As soon as they left, they got online to get tickets for the next time that they. And there, it was not like ten people. It was like a hundred people, yeah. fifty. You know, like a ton of people ready to go, and they'll be back, and they like. That enthusiasm, it, it's gotta feed you guys. It's like crazy. It's awesome. And, and the, the, it, I hate to use the comparison because they are different places, but it's kind of almost like the old ECW arena in yeah. full sale. The, the, the vibe yeah. is the same. They're just so rabid. If they love something, they love it with all of their heart. And if they hate something, they'll let you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's awesome, but it's a cool way to gauge. And, the, and, and the, the cool thing about having the same fans all the time is the fans have grown with the product and the performers. Look at a guy like Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sami came to NXT, and he had his indie buzz about him. We all knew who he was, but... The fans, there were there were pockets of them that knew that were excited for him, but there there also were a lot of people who weren't sure who's this you know redheaded guy with the, just you know he's Sami Zayn, but the crowd grew with him to when he finally won the championship. Man, the crowd won the championship. Like yeah. he did a promo following that, saying like this isn't mine, this is ours. But it, it it's it was real because the the fans are there you know for every step of the way and they they live and die by these guys. And it's, it's so awesome to have that atmosphere. It makes it so much more fun to perform. The thing I noticed, and I can point this out to you with the with that match specifically, was the minute I knew that, that Sammy was just, that, that that story had been successful with that crowd was when he had the belt and could have hit him with it and the crowd chanted not to do it. Because yeah. no crowd does that in yeah. 2015. They always say, ah, oh, yeah, hit him with the belt, hit him with the belt. And the vet they actually say, no, no they were emotionally we don't want you to like sacrifice yeah. your integrity. Like, <laughs> yeah, that man. was... That was like the pinnacle. Yeah, that yeah. was that was cool. That was a great moment. That that whole night was was insane. But back to your point about the, the ticket sales, um, we're getting ready to go on the road for the first time. Um, NXT is doing a live event in Columbus, Ohio, in conjunction with the Arnold oh. Classic. Uh, I don't know the date on it. It's sometime with the what classic? The Arnold, Arnold Classic, the the fitness bodybuilding expo. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. He's a movie star. I'm familiar with his work. <laughs> Predator. <laughs> Predator. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is the first event outside of florida we've done crazy yeah. and i was told by one of the guys that at full sale that handles the tickets 
It's like, I think it's like a th around the thousand seat venue, sold out in 20 minutes. Uh, so nice. for us, we're going, oh my God, this could be awesome, you know, because th there's, it, but it shows there's a market for us just because, I mean, not everyone can make it to Florida, but you'd be surprised how many live events we go to. And, and I've been doing a lot of like meet and greets and yep. just talking to people. And um, so many people are, say, oh, I drove all the way down from Jersey to, to come to this. Or, I, you know, I, there was a guy last week, he and his wife drove from Boston. And I was like, you came for vacation, and you just picked. He goes, no, no, we we came for an NXT oh. show. We'd never seen, and we had some time off. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're so passionate. So, and it's gonna take time. It's not like yeah. we're gonna be, you know, working the garden anytime soon. But you, you, you slowly but surely keep growing, and maybe it's, you know, maybe we tour. And Triple H said it himself on the Stone Cold podcast mm -hmm. that that that's a goal: get us on the road, that let get more eyes on us, and and make it an experience. I think that would also help the the guys and the girls. Just getting used to what I what I hear is the grind of you know being on the live events and traveling all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we do a fair a fair number of live events just yeah. in Florida. We usually do at least two, usually three every week, um, which isn't the same as going on the road throughout three states in you know a couple of days and, and 400 mile drives after each show. But you get a get a taste of it. You have to drive you know three hours through Florida or whatever. Um, it, it definitely gets your feet wet. I, having been on the road with the main roster a handful of times, it's not the same. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can honestly say it's it's one thing to be able to get home and sleep in your own bed every night, even if you have to drive three hours. But then you're up and you, you can go to your gym or you can go to the performance center. You can do you. You can yeah. be you know be yourself as opposed to when you're on the road and you have to make do with what you've got. You know what I mean? You, you're staying in a hotel you don't want to. you got to eat. With you. It's, it's tough. It's a whole different world. But yeah, the, the goal of us traveling is to kind of get give people some experience before that next level because it's a whole different world. Yeah. As NXT grows as a brand, let me ask you your, your opinion on this. Um, obviously, like you said, it's, it's a developmental territory. It's meant to get people ready for the big time. But as it does become its own thing, as you guys are touring like that, do you think it's important that there are some kind of like cornerstones who are just there, who is, there's not necessarily the churn of people getting called up? Yeah. Or do you think the rotation no, I absolutely, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, and I think on a long enough timeline, eventually that's going to kind of, it's going to have to happen. Yeah. It's a necessity. You can't just constantly churn out just because someone's going to be a star. You can't just right. send them up because it doesn't always work. It doesn't always translate. We've had guys in NXT that were setting the world on fire and they go up to the main roster and it just kind of fizzle out. And, and that there's a million different reasons that happens, but that's the goal is to make everyone a success. But, um, but yeah, it's, any successful brand has to have its cornerstones. And, and you know, it can be frustrating at times yeah. because everyone's goal is we want to get to Raw, we want to get to SmackDown, we want to be on pay-per-view. That's, right. that's why you're in this business. But I think as NXT continues to grow and evolve and, and get more eyes on us and we get more opportunities and get to do cool things like media and some of the perks that come with being a WWE superstar, I think it's kind of going to ease the pain a little bit when you say, hey, man, you're going to be in NXT. But, but at the same point, like I said, we have such pride and passion. I honestly believe, you know, as much as I know Sami Zayn wants to main event WrestleMania, right. Sami Zayn would be just as proud to be the NXT champion for 20 years. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, he, that's just the kind of mentality he has. He wants to do what he, and he has fun and he just loves performing. He doesn't care if it's in a, you know, you know 200 people in, front, in an armory or if it's in a giant arena. Obviously, we all want the best, but, you know, you make do. Yeah. There's no, no shame in, in having a five-year run at NXT being on, you know, international TV, making a couple dollars and having a good time. I mean, there's no, nothing, to, nothing to be ashamed of at all. Yeah. Um, so before, before NXT, you were in SCW. What was your path getting 
to the WWE as it is now? Um, I, I've told this story a million times. All right, well, no, then, no, we'll, no, we'll no, cut. No, 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 it's quick. I'll give you the condensed version. It's funny, no, because this is like a common question. I was in high school. I think I was about 14, 15 years old, and I was going through the typical high school crisis that every kid comes comes I don't know what I'm going to do with my life and, and and there was no stress on me like I had a pretty easy life you know but but in my mind I was like oh my god I got to figure this out so I, I I was depressed and my dad's like what's wrong with you and I said I I need to be different you know I need to stand out and my dad goes okay well how do you plan on doing that I said I need to get my tongue pierced that was it. That was going to fix everything that was wrong with me. And my dad kind of laughed at me. And, of course, I got really mad. I was like, how dare you laugh at me? I'm going to fix my life with that. And um, so he goes, you know, why don't, why don't you do something creative? Like, he goes, go be a boxer, a weightlifter, or, you know, go be a pro wrestler, for God's sake. And I immediately went, okay. <laughs> so my dad has admitted to me in the years since he had no idea how he was going to help me with that. He was just like, you know, trying to be a good dad, trying to support me. And um, he actually knew a, a guy that had a local promotion in Pittsburgh. And in Pennsylvania, you're not allowed to wrestle until you're 18. But they let me practice. They let me train. I like refereed. I set the rings up. I did, I mean, the, the rags to riches story. You know what I mean? I, did, I paid my dues that way. I, I trained in an old abandoned, the back of a mall outside of Pittsburgh. No heat, no air conditioning. So it's... <laughs> 40 degrees in the winter it's 100 degrees in the summer it, it was pretty brutal you know what i mean it, if if i didn't love it I, most normal people if you were going to make it past there yeah. but um then like that you know i, I just I, the, the closest thing i compare can compare it to is being in a band mm -hmm. you know i had my my brand or my thing that i was doing and i just wanted eyes on me so i was driving all over the place and i wasn't making any money i was probably losing money you know it cost me more in gas to get to the town than i was making but you get eyes on you, you get an, an opportunity here, an opportunity there, and you just stick with it. And that's the frustrating part because a lot of guys that come from the indies, they expect that, well, WWE's watching me. They're going to call me at any No, man. Do you realize how many, how many people in the world want our jobs? I mean, that's a good thing, but there's millions of people that yeah. would kill to have an opportunity like we do. Um, so some people just get complacent or they're waiting for the call to come to them, but I just, I just kept chasing it, you know what I mean? And I got, I got a break through a friend that got me booked over in England, and I started working over there a lot. And England actually was kind of where I made the majority of my name. Um, it, was a, it was a bigger company. We were running 2,000-seat venues like once a month or you know, every other month. And it was my first taste of making a little bit of money, and I got some exposure to other places in Europe and traveled to Japan once. Um, when I accidentally got booked as a deathmatch wrestler, how'd that go? <laughs> um, it was it was unique. I I was excited. You know, I went, I was going to Japan. I was like, I don't care how I'm I'm just going. I'm getting, they're paying for things and I'm going. So I get there and um, what was the promotion? Uh, Big Japan. Okay, oh, all right. Yeah, and and to be fair, they treated me awesome. They yeah. were they were so cool. You know, they picked me up from the time they picked me up at the airport to the time I left. I had a time of my life in Japan. It was awesome, but um. The first night, it was, I want to say, my, it was myself, Madman Pondo, Necro Butcher, and Masada. Wow. In a tag match. I don't remember what the, the actual teams were, but it was <laughs> yeah. four of us. And I'm going, ah, it's fine, you know. And, and it, things got crazy. I think the first night, there were just chairs involved. It wasn't anything too insane. And then we did Corican Hall, and things got a little crazier. There was, like, barbed wire and... 
I'm going, okay, I don't really want to do this, but <laughs> we're in Currican Hall, which is kind yeah. of a sacred yeah, place. Sure. Like, I'm leaving it all out here. You, who knows? You only live once. So I did did it there. Got great reaction. We were in, like, the newspaper the next day. It was really cool. They called us Bakagaijin, which I found out sound, is, like, crazy foreigner yeah. or whatever. But, hey, you know, whatever works. Um, so, yeah, so I, I went to the boss like two nights afterwards because he had me b- booked into some other crazy death match and and i went um you know i can wrestle <laughs> and he goes oh you want wrestle <laughs> and i went well i'm just saying i can I, i'll do what you yeah. want me to do you're paying me but i i would really like to wrestle yeah. i mean there was like yeah. like te- uh, men's tail and, oh, and cool. some guys yeah. that, that had yeah. a little you know that i had known or had For some sure. buzz around were, were there so i was like yeah, i'd be cool to learn from these guys or at least work with them um so the next, I think it was like the next card after that, they started putting me in regular matches and tag team matches and lower and lower down the card. And I think, oh, and at the end, you know, I was like, oh, thank you guys so much for taking care of me. I had a great time. Please, I can't wait to come back. Oh, and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I was sending an email and like, no response. Yeah. And like, hey, you guys need it. I'm, I'm available. <laughs> no response. Uh, uh, maybe next month. Uh, no money this month. Oh, okay. I think I just made everyone mad because they wanted me to, you know, staple myself in the right, head. You know, but they want a death that's a good story. They, they had necro, yeah, so that's right? They were exactly. Expecting. I was yeah. like, yeah, no, you have necro. I'm not going to yeah. do that. He's, <laughs> he's his own entity. Man. I, one of my favorite people in the world, by the way. Oh, yeah. What a human being. Yeah. He's a genius. He's awesome. Cool. So, but yeah, that was my that was my accidental my accidental deathmatch tour. Um, but then, yeah, I just kept grinding, kept calling WWE, uh, made some contacts, and just show up and get booked as an extra. Um, stand around all day and get mad that I didn't get an opportunity and then quit the business and then repeat next month. You know what I mean? It was, it just, that, that was how it was. I, that was what I had to be. I had to be at WWE. And uh, finally ended up getting the call after working with them for like five years or so, just as an extra wow. here. And it, I, I'd get a tryout. They sent me to Louisville when they still had OVW and I got okay. great feedback on the tryout. And they said, well, you know, the timing is not right, you know, and they kept calling me now. So I'm thinking this wasn't, hey, thanks for coming. Don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. It was, hey, we legitimately just don't have anything for you right now, you know, for whatever reason or, or fix this or change that. So I, and I was and I, I changed everything I could think of. You know, I cut my hair. I gained weight. I lost weight. I leaned out. I got more tattoos <laughs> that I couldn't change. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I did all these things thinking like, man, what am I missing? What's the missing piece? And then finally, honestly, totally out of the blue, I, I had a job at 911. I was a dispatcher at 911. Oh, wow. And I was working full time, and you know, I was like, "That's ah, not a bad gig," you know. I'm living a normal life, yeah. and uh, I got the call, call to be an extra, and it happened to be the only reason I took it were those were my days off. I was off on Mondays and Tuesdays, and I so they had Ron Smack, and I think they were in Pittsburgh and Cleveland or something like that, and I went and uh, talked to some people, and a few weeks later, they called me and said, "Hey, we're gonna give you a job." And I didn't, even, <laughs> I didn't wrestle, have another tryout or anything. It was just like. Oh my God, man! I, I, it was surreal to me. I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the most insane thing. I, I couldn't believe what happened. So uh, yeah, so I packed up everything I owned and my family and moved to Florida, yeah. and that's how that's how that started. I hope uh, on the network they put out some of the FCW oh, stuff because yeah. a lot I'm of that was taped, that. right? Yeah. All, oh, all yeah. of it was taped. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know who. I, I'm, I would assume WWE owns it. Um, because we owned FCW, but as far as the footage, there were some different uh, uh, different guys that had hands in it. So I don't mm. I don't know. I I'm 99% sure WWE has it. I know right. we have it. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we can put it on the network, the, the, I heard numbers. And this was a couple months ago that 
all the stuff that's on the network right now. You, if you get on there and just, you can spend days on oh, there as yeah. it is. That's something like 2% uh, of what we actually have. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much wrestling to be watched yeah. still that by the time you're like, by the time you get through this, you're like, I don't even want to watch wrestling anymore. I've watched so much wrestling in the last two, and they're like, oh, yeah, but here's this new thing. You yeah. <laughs> I started watching Tuesday Night Titans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That is the best. I have no idea how anyone got away with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? it, is, it is insanity, yeah. it, but it, it's fantastic. Yep. But it's I, I have a feeling like that, that, that especially now, like, I hate to say like a hipster culture, but the <laughs> the ironic crowd. <laughs> yep. I see them picking up on that. It is so backward and bizarre and awesome. Like to sit down and have a beer and watch that. Yeah, Man, that's hundred percent like my new thing. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just start going through the archives. Yeah, we were. Uh, yeah, like there's always new something new to watch. I think last week or the week before, uh, I had seen a uh, Hulk Hogan versus Great Muda match in yeah. Japan. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, this ma- and I sent it to him, and we both watched it. We were like. How have we not seen that match before? Because it was incredible. Like Hogan is doing like jumping arm bars. He's doing enziguris. It was fantastic. Yeah, I'm actually amazed. Like bringing up the Tuesday Night Titans thing. What he was saying is like they, there's got to be a new version of Tuesday Night Titans yeah. at some point. Like you said, like the Wednesday Night the co- Warriors. Sure. WWE, you can have that yeah. for free. Yeah, but that's like yeah, yeah. Culturally now, that would go over so well. Just doing like some sort of crazy. Studio show. I'm amazed. Like Tuesday Night Titans hasn't been resurrected in a new form. I, I think it will. Be. I made it my personal mission. I tweeted <laughs> it out that by the end of 2015, I am making it my goal to right. have some form. Obviously, we'd have to change it and make it a little more PG and yeah, <laughs> socially little, acceptable. A little, but uh, I think it's still a cool concept. Yeah. So now I'm spending all this time at headquarters. I can, you know, I can do this. I can yeah. pitch ideas and, and talk yeah. to people. And I'm not saying it's going to go anywhere, but yeah. <laughs> at least I have people's ears. Well, now. it's out there. Yeah, I put it on this podcast as well. Yeah, so we're going to call this the Tuesday Night Titans podcast. Oh man, if we did we go. this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're here. You're at Marvel. Uh, we became buddies because I think you tweeted about. Uh, it was about Shield. I made a Shield yeah. joke yes. and something about Nick Fury. Yes. I remember that. And so I was like, obviously, you have comic book uh, chops. Cred. You have some cred. cred. Yeah. Uh, I have a little bit of cred. Little bit I, of cred. I, I will. I will admit that I'm I'm lapsed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I have like a hundred kids. So, uh, that's no, a lot. Yeah, that I know You're of. You're a busy yeah. guy. No, I have I have three, and so yeah, I'm busy, and I'm trying my best to pass that on to my son. I was mm-hmm. I was telling Ryan earlier that um, I have actually been using comic books to help my six year old read. I made a deal with him. I said if you read this comic book cover to cover, mm-hmm. and you can read it verbally out loud to me, I'll buy you as many comic books as you want. Yeah. And so he was like, "Yeah, sweet, endless comics." So he's yeah. been reading. Now he's reading on like he's he's six years old. He's reading on like a fourth grade level. He's super smart. So I credit comic books for that. So, well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, it, it's true. Like, there's a lot of vocabulary words that I learned when we were younger. Oh yeah, the but, older stuff. Like, if you read anything from, I think that's it. Yeah, if we when we were kids reading stuff in like the '80s and '90s, like I think writers would go out of their way to put like words you didn't understand. So like the old X-Men stuff. There would be like. Anything Mr. Sinister said, I would yeah. never understand, but then I'd go look it up. I didn't think I actually looked yeah. it up, but I should have. Comics and Gorilla Monsoon affected a lot yeah. of like my vocabulary when I was younger. Like, yeah. What I knew and what I learned. I learned a lot about anatomy from Gorilla oh, Monsoon. Yeah. He, yeah. His, his name, I don't even necessarily know if it was accurate or real. I think it, just, it sounds like it could be a body part or an yep. internal organ. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm yeah. in. The occipital uh, protuberance. <laughs> 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 it's 
it's a happening. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, can you get it's a happening back in, in the I'll, I'll try it. I, I can squeeze a lot of different things yeah. in here and there just to <laughs> make myself entertained. So said you, you said you were lapsed, so you read comics when you were younger. Yeah, I was. Which I were was, some of the ones you were into. I was yeah. saying to Ryan that I think the what was responsible for my fandom at all was uh, the Marvel cards, the X-Men trading yeah. cards. And when I was in elementary school, that was legitimately like currency. Mm-hmm. You could buy and trade, and, and that and Pogs. You know, that that was pretty much how we made it through. Actually, we brought this up the other week. Do you did you have Pogs? Did you actually play with the Pogs, or did you just collect them? Uh, no, I played with them. Okay. Yeah, I used to have it. I just collect. Ironically enough, I used to have this Undertaker Slammer. All right, there you go. That was like solid brass. Yeah. I don't even know if I don't know where I got <laughs> it, but I would go to school. This is ridiculous. Eventually, eventually, I think Pogs got banned from yeah. school when I was, you know, in fourth or third or fourth grade, yeah. whatever. But yeah, I had this. It was the Undertaker, yeah. and, and I mean, this thing could knock out a horse. Yeah, it was unbelievable, and I would just so yeah, I win everything. Yeah. But yeah, Pogs and X Men. I, I was saying how. Um, I, th- I couldn't have been in more than like third or fourth grade, and my my librarian at the school started buying. She had a son that I guess was our age, and she would come and buy X Men cards from us, oh, wow. as, like to give to him. So we became like you know black market yeah. X Men dealers, <laughs> and we'd sit there, and I didn't I didn't know what the cards were. I knew yep. they cost like two bucks a pack at the card shop up yep. the road, but I didn't know what anything was worth. And so she'd be like, "How much is this guy good?" And, and I would, of course, sell her all the ones like that I didn't really care about. Yep. Like I don't, you know, here's Banshee. Yeah, here, this, <laughs> yeah Banshee is worth twelve bucks. Yeah. She'd be like, "Here," and I was just like, "Sweet, I have money for I don't know, I'm six. I don't need money for anything." Yeah. But it was that was yeah that was my first foray into comics and underground selling of things. Yeah. Nice, very good. Was there any crossover interest? I know a lot of wrestling fans and comics fans. There's there's a lot of crossover. Do you find yourself relating the two things at all? Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, I think. I mean, I, I, wrestling are for a lot a lot of times. A lot of instances are we're real life superheroes. Yep. You know, I mean, obviously the times have changed, and and just like in, in books, you know, you have to make it more relatable to the current product, and things get edgier and more realistic or whatever, as opposed to. Just Superman being Superman, he's now got you know, to evolve yeah. for, for different audiences. So our business, it's kind of the same. Um, I, I think I, I find it more with like unintentional things that you know you'd be looking at like, oh hey, that reminds me of something, mm-hmm. but but it's not. To me, the two have always been kind of mutually exclusive. Yeah. I never really liked one because of the other, or thought that you know I need to do that because of this. It was just two things, you know, like that. Just a good way to occupy my time and my brain. So yeah, I. I can think of none better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so you want to talk a little bit more about the um, the next uh, TakeOver show? Because I think that's that's the big that's thing the coming big up for thing, you guys. Man. February 11th, yeah. live on the WWE Network. Yeah. And this will air before that, right? Let's try to time this Let's make for sure. next week. I think we can do is that. That's, is that it. next week? Uh, so yeah, next Holy Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'm so fast. excited. Let's yeah. throw it up today. This was actually live broadcast. <laughs> yeah. so, sorry to the guys from PR. That had, yeah. you know, no, no. Um, the uh, February 11th on the network. The network for the entire month of February is free. free. No commitment. Yep. Just sign up, and you can cancel it any time. But you get a month of February for free. So not only do you get takeover, you get things like the Stone Cold or mm-hmm. podcast last night with Triple H, which was awesome. Yeah, it was really I good. definitely recommend seeing it if you haven't. Um, you get the WWE Fastlane pay-per-view for free, which is in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get all this insane stuff like we've been talking about, like Tuesday Night Titans and yeah. all sorts of hidden gems <laughs> and Hulk Hogan versus Great Muda on there yeah. somewhere. Um, but, but yeah, uh, the TakeOver special with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Um, crazy. 
that yeah, man. It's, it's to think, it, I mean, that angle in NXT has only been going on for what? It, it's not been very long. It, Since it, December. December. Owens so debuted it, and yeah, it's in like, December. Boom. Yeah. Off it's, and running. It's, it's so intense, good. man, because it's it's real. You yeah. know what mm-hmm. I mean? And the people, the people, especially in full sale, they love it, and it's it's real. They feel it, and and. They're, they're so, so I'm gonna be honest with you. I I kind of missed Kevin Owens on mm-hmm. the Indies. Like I was gone before he, you know, really took off. Um, but I, you know, I'd heard the buzz, and I think I'd met him once or twice. But I never quite got it. I didn't know. Like, you know, I mean, I, I was like, why? What is it about this guy? Everyone yeah. loves him. There's got to be something. But I I just don't know what it is. Man, December 11th, when I was on commentary and I watched him come to the ring with tears in his eyes yeah. because this is what it meant to him. I was sold. And I went, this guy is for real. There's something about that guy. Like, I can't describe it. It's, it's an intangible. It's an it. He's a look at the guy. and he's Yeah, he's not in the greatest shape. Mm-hmm. He's not the coolest looking guy in the world. But there's something about him when he turns it on, man, that I, I'm in. I'm buying into it. You know what I mean? And then Sammy is Sammy. Sammy's been Sammy Zane because, you know, he, the people love him. He's, he's awesome. He's fun to watch. I used to love, you know, wrestling him. He was great. But um, that's going to be huge. Finn Balor and Adrian Neville. Yeah. Man. For the people that have not been exposed to what those guys could do, I mean, Neville's been around long enough that we've seen, you know, a lot of his stuff. Uh, unless you follow the international stuff with with uh, Finn before he got here, I'm learning. Uh, if you watch that stuff, you yeah. know what he's capable of. Oh my he's God. out of his mind. Uh, I'm I that that's gonna steal the show. I yeah. think that could steal the show. I, I think everyone goes out there. And it's cliche, but with NXT, especially these takeovers, everyone wants to steal every show. Yep. Um, but that's that's my pick. I think I think Finn and, and Neville are going to tear it down, man. I'm excited. I, I don't believe they've ever wrestled each other, ever in the world. I think I asked. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah that's insane. I, I think I think I asked Neville that before the last set of tapings because it was I wanted to make a commentary note or something, and he said no that they've never actually wrestled. And wow. it, forgive me if I'm mistaken because I'm sure someone will hear this and go, no, I have that. a DVD from that. you know Rahway, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, either way, even if I've never seen it, yeah. So yeah, if, me neither. Yeah, so. It's I'm excited. I think that's gonna that's gonna be pretty awesome. So. I'm excited for the four way uh, women's match too. Oh man, my god! What can you say about our our women, man? NXT, they're, they're they've changed the game mm-hmm. for women's wrestling. Period. I, I will stand here and argue that point. I don't think I need to argue that point. Yeah. I think everyone's kind of on board with it. Um, yeah, man. Charlotte is is phenomenal. It's it's Sasha, ben, these these girls, and they have the same chip on their shoulder as as the guys do. Mm-hmm. It's about stealing the show with them, and they know they've done it before. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte and Natty last year, mm-hmm. I think it was at Arrival or, or the first takeover. Yeah. Um, man, Charlotte and Sasha at the last yeah, at the takeover. last one, was I, was, I was bugging man, out at that match. These, these girls, they're, they're just they're changing the game, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. That that's that's really exciting. That's a legitimate thing now in NXT. I mean, it's. Yeah. You know, say what you want about the, the the women's division or the divas division or not being as strong as what it could be. We're saying, hey, look, we we got this. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. cool. All right, before we let you, I got one more. Um, before you made the transition to commentary, the one last thing you did get in is that you made it into a video game. I did. You are in 2K15. I am. How's it? How's it feel? It's insane. Uh, that's actually, I think, where we met in person the yeah, first time. First right? time. Was, yeah. was, oh, right, right. When he, he came down to the 2K launch. Um, it's crazy. I'm not a video game guy. Yeah. I I was, you know, when I, when I was growing up, I played sure, a lot sure, of sure. them. I just I don't have time for video games. Um, that said, I've mm-hmm. played pretty much every video wrestling video game there has ever been. Um, 
so when I fr I remember getting scanned and like it was gonna happen, but then I it happened. It, I forgot about it. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, that's gonna be a thing someday. And the next thing you know, there's this there launch, and, and it was the day before the launch, and they were setting up, and one of the guys was setting up a, a PS4 for the the demonstration, and he goes, hey, have you seen this? You're in this, yeah. and I went. Like, I was, like, scared. Uh. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I don't want to see it. So I finally, he brought it up. He put uh, me and Neville on, like, yeah. auto mode or whatever. And I was just watching this going, oh, my, this is scary, man. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, my tattoos. And yeah. The, the thing looked great. Um, so it's it's insane. And I actually had to go out and get an Xbox for my kid nice. so that I could get the game. <laughs> like, the company gave me a copy of the game, yeah. and I was like, I don't have anything to Not play it on. I, I, don't right. have, I don't have a system. We have a, uh, a they, I guess they just re-released Sega Genesis in, like, a little tiny... Whoa. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's got, like, 85 games on oh, it man. that are built into it. I so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, my son has it in his room, so I was like, yeah, cool, I'll play Altered Beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so we tried, got, you know, got, got him an Xbox and the game, and... He has no interest in the, me on the game. He yeah. wants to be everybody. He wants to be Brock. Yeah. He loves Brock Lesnar. Yeah. My son's like, Dad, I'm going to be Brock Lesnar. I don't. I, I don't know how to play the game. Yeah. I get to play it, so I haven't actually unlocked myself. So you have to go to the the, yeah. the mode. To, oh yeah, there's a whole. Road so I'm thinking it. like, Hey, Cash, why don't you hook me up, man? Why don't you <laughs> unlock my character? And he's just like, No, Dad, you're not Brock Lesnar. So <laughs> I basically that doesn't work out for me. Yeah. Um, but the, the other thing that is, I've, I've made it a point to kind of laugh about is, I believe I have the lowest overall character rating on the game. Aww. But that also <laughs> makes me like the modern day Glass Joe. There you go. So I'll take that because <laughs> everyone bad. knows Mike Tyson and yep. they know Glass, Glass Joe. Joe. They might not know like Von Kaiser yeah. or Bald no. Bull, but they know Glass maybe Joe. Maybe King Hippo. Maybe. That's about it. Maybe. But, that, I mean, everyone knows Glass Joe Absolutely. and Tyson. So, yeah. I, I'll, hey, look, you know, Cena and Brock are in the game. So, so I'll be Glass Joe. There you cool. Go. <laughs> I'm, I, it's, you know, I'll right. take what I can get. Yeah. So. Also, you're in a video game. Yeah. I'm in a video game. Like, that doesn't, No yeah. matter what else, no matter what anyone can say. Right. You are in a video game. Yeah. So, like, when my grandkids someday buy PS36 That's that comes <laughs> in with... All the games that have right. ever been made, I can be like, "Oh yeah, check this out." And they're gonna be like, "Grandpa, that doesn't even look like that's yeah. not even a video game. what is this?" You know? But no, it's pretty cool. It's insane. Cool. It, it was an honor to be included. Back to the NXT thing. Yep. NXT is in the game, Huge man. Part, we're yeah. we're a legit part. thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so no, it's very exciting to be part of that. It's it's. I don't know that it just kicked in. Like everyone that around me sees it and says, man, this is like the coolest That's thing in the world. Cool, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it is, but it, it's just so weird. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's just a, it's a weird situation, but it's, it's pretty cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks, brother. Where can fans find you online? Uh, Twitter, at WWE Graves, uh, which I... I tweet way more than I probably should. I have a bit of a Twitter problem, but I like to have fun on there. Also, Instagram, which I think I'm pretty bad at, um, at WWE Graves. I, my problem with Instagram is I generally, if I find myself in a situation that I would want to remember with a photograph, I'm busy, like, enjoying it. Yeah, I'm right. not like, hey, let me stop at this yeah. concert in the middle of my favorite song so I can take a crappy picture with my cell phone. I'm like, I'm just living it up. So that's why I'm bad at Instagram, but I have it. That's and a good reason to be bad, though. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. what you're experiencing. Yeah. And I, I think, I'm not sure, but I think my photos of, that other people have taken of me outnumber my selfies, <laughs> so I'm still okay. <laughs> I think that's kind of, as long as that, as that ratio stays even, we're, we're, in, uh, we're in business. So. Nice. Right on. Uh, well, oh, and wait. 
I almost forgot. This is still new to me. I'm still not used to this. Beyond Twitter and Instagram, you can watch me Monday nights on the WWE nice. Network on the Raw pre-show. Cha-ching! That was, I think that was the first time I've ever plugged that. So nice. that's, that's cool. History right? in the making. Right? Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That I'm was excited. a happening. That is a, this yep. is officially <laughs> a happening. This is a happening. <laughs> Perfect. Will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>